0: Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Craft coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we have the opportunity to reflect into the richness of the Gospel text, and what an honor and what a privilege it really is, from one Thursday to the next, to engage with all of you out there, just not within the Sacramento Diocese in the state of California, but across the world, who are tuning in by way of podcast. Uh, I just want to really say it is an honor to journey with you and that you are taking 30 minutes out of your time to journey with us here in the studio. And uh, I do say us because I do have this evening Debbie with me. Debbie Results, Debbie, great to have you with me another evening.
1: It's wonderful to be here.
0: So, Debbie, here we are in the fifth Sunday of Easter Uh, coming off, of course, the fourth Sunday of Easter. And I, I look back a little bit, Debbie, to the fourth Sunday of Easter, because what we have from the fourth Sunday of Easter to the fifth Sunday of Easter are two very palpable images to better understand the interpersonal dynamic that belongs to our Christian faith and our relationship with Jesus Christ. We spoke to that a bit last week under the umbrella of Christ saying, what? I am the good shepherd. And so what does that relationship look like between man and God when we look at God as, as the good shepherd, as the great shepherd, and uh, we look at ourselves in the mirror, and we are reminded of our uh, sheepishness, if you will, mm-hmm. our fickle nature, mm-hmm. uh, and ultimately how we need the shepherd. And so within that uh, discussion, we talked about the importance of the listen-response relationship, as he talked about The importance of hearing uh, God's voice. Now, this week, once again, we have a wonderful metaphor, an organic metaphor. Mm -hmm. And those kinds of metaphors are are fun for me, uh, Debbie, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well. Where anytime you're dealing with an organic image, you can always go to the image itself. In this case, vine and branch. Maybe We have one in our backyard, and you can contemplate something that belongs to the Christian mystery because you're contemplating something that belongs to truth. And anyone who calls himself a religious educator, an evangelist, or catechist, learn from the great master, learn from the great teacher. He was so good, that is, our Lord was so good to use images to evangelize the imagination. He would use an image that would encourage a deeper contemplation so as to better understand the Christian mystery. And here again, we have an image that is evangelizing our mind, our heart, by the grace of God, that we might better understand our faith. And so we have these these words that come to us from the Lord that we are called to meditate upon, called to reflect upon. For all of that, Debbie, just some intro words, words to be thinking about, and uh, certainly words to consider as we move forward in our Gospel reading for today.
1: And today we are taking the reading from John, it's chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you remain in me, as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me Will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire, and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples.
0: You know, off the top, Debbie, the first thing that should be said is, this metaphor, as we speak to it, is a metaphor that opens up the discussion to prayer. We just heard the words ask. Mm-hmm. You know, we just heard the word ask. Well, what does the word prayer mean from the Latin "precari" To ask, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, mm-hmm. if you belong to me, if you are in conversation with me, if you are seeking, if you are asking, if you are knocking, I will give it unto you. If you are entering into uh, this listen response relationship with me, I will give to you whatever it is that you desire. And so part of this remaining and abiding is certainly about prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the, uh, what, 1 Thessalonians 5 17, where Paul says, pray without ceasing. Let your prayer be unceasing. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean that we should be on bended knee 24 7, 365? No. But what it means is we go to God, yes, in the formal prayer, the Mass, the Divine Office, uh, the Chaplet, Divine Mercy Rosary, but then also how we are made to understand how that formal prayer forms and informs all of your other moments throughout the day. That is the way in which you remain. That is the way in in which you abide, and that's so important. So as we get into some of the subject matter, Debbie, and I'm thinking specifically of this this call that we have before us to allow God to wield his pruning knife, we must understand that that is only going to happen if we are rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, very important. Now, there is this negative aspect and positive aspect, Debbie, of uh, this great image, of this great relationship. Um, The first being, of course, if you are dead, well, what is going to happen? (laughs) Well, you're not going to be producing fruit, you're going to wither away, and as our Lord talks about in today's gospel, you need to be cut off and thrown away. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you are producing fruit, if you are living and healthy, then you will have to be pruned. Now, there's a subtle point here that can easily be overlooked, but necessary to speak to. What our Lord wants us to see is pruning is necessary, Mm -hmm. right? So by contrasting these two things, we are to, to see that pruning is a good thing, a necessary thing. And if we are going to grow and mature in the Christian life, we need to allow God to wield his pruning knife.
1: It's um interesting. I was just up at Vina this weekend. My spiritual director lives up there, and I spent some time in front of the Vines. You know, mm. they are a thriving winery yes um on land that had been unable to produce fruit i mean uh, the story of that land is is a beautiful a beautiful thing of god mm. um which i won't go into now but but as i looked at those beautiful healthy vines and the love and the care that those monks take mm. in each of the processes that is required to produce great fruit mm-hmm. which they do. I was looking cuz they were out there with these little knives mm-hmm. pr- you know trimming away trimming away tr- so lovingly mm-hmm. and as they're doing it they're praying and they're praying mm-hmm. and they're praying and I just got this image of God the Father doing this the same mm-hmm. that that's he's not just out there with a sickle Lopping off, yeah, 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 <laughs> here <yeah>. and there, <laughs> lopping off, but he's lovingly trimming, mm-hmm. just so, so that in his wisdom, that that particular branch will continue to blossom and grow and be fruitful.
0: Amen. And. We, like the vine, Debbie, have to be willing to receive that. Yeah. You know, that is what's so essential to this gospel narrative today, because so often what happens in the, in the Christian faith walk is uh, we are stubborn, mm-hmm. we are obstinate, and we do not allow God to do what He needs to do, because we want to have it our way. Mm-hmm. But it is only in the disposition of being ready, of allowing God to work, that ultimately, yes, He will begin to prune away. Uh, so important. This is why, in the more classical sense, when you start talking about uh, Christian spirituality, Catholic spirituality, transformation in Christ, the first principle before any other principle really is the principle of readiness, the disposition, and really the yearning uh, to to want to change, to to want to be pruned. Um, And this is a grace, yes, but we need to be disposed, otherwise we will become that withering branch. And so we need to allow God, like the vine dresser, who sees the potential. You know, right. the monks, they look at that vine, and they see the potential within that vine. It's producing yeah. fruit. And they know, they know that that vine is robust. But if it's going to continue to produce what it needs to produce, as you so eloquently put it, Debbie, they need to carefully, meticulously cut away. Mm-hmm. Um, and only then will the vine produce what it was intended to to produce. And as faithful Christians and Catholics, Debbie, this is what's before us. God has given us the grace to cry, Abba, Father, to enter into uh, this divine sonship. And uh, by his grace, we produce the fruit that uh, he calls us to produce. But what that means then is we need to allow him to continue ultimately to prune so that we might produce more fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lemon tree in our backyard, and it's not a vine, but this lemon tree, we just kind of let go for a couple of years, and it got all bunchy, its branches, and the fruit that it was producing was sour. It essentially was not producing the fruit that it was intended to produce, because while the tree itself was producing lemons, it was producing off of bunched branches, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the proper nutrients per se were not being allotted to each lemon as the lemon tree would have it, right? So uh, why do I talk about this? Well, the same thing is going on with the vine and the branch. Uh, What happens to the vine if it is not pruned back? Well, it's producing fruit, just let it go. No, no, because certainly the vine dresser understands as well as God, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That if you let the vine go, it's going to produce not only bunches, but ultimately sour grapes. And is this not relevant to the spiritual life? Mm -hmm. How many times, Debbie, do we find ourselves so busy doing just not one thing, but many things that ultimately we don't do one thing well? Mm -hmm. We are so dispersed. We are so scattered. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an absence of real concentration into any one thing. Um, And in the end, what are we producing? Well, maybe a lot of things, but not good things, fruitful things. In many ways, we can say what we are doing becomes sour because there isn't that kind of heightened concentration into the one thing. It's a great challenge for all of us. And Mm -hmm. I know for our listeners who are hearing this, they're probably shaking their head. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, that's right, because we do slip into that demon of busyness. It's so easy. Oh. It's so easy. And what our Lord wants us to see here is, now you need to be pruned back. Mm-hmm. You need to be pruned back because part of the pruning back is a way of reminding you to simplify, is a way of reminding you to just keep it simple. Stay focused on that one thing or maybe two things. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, you'll find yourself bearing so much more fruit
1: you know, we were talking earlier uh, before air uh, a little bit about the spiritual life is this this ebb and flow of detaching and attaching. So we have this image in this beautiful metaphor of attaching, staying attached, remaining in the vine. Um, and when we do that, divine life flows into us. I mean, his divine life just flows into us as we're open to receive it. And so... In that pruning process, he's saying, um, "Discern, discern mm. all these things. Sure, they're all good. There's five good ministries you could be involved in. Discern, detach. You know, maybe detach from the one that makes you feel the best, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get you the most, you know, PR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe detach from that and attach to this one where you're feeding the homeless, maybe or." You know we all have to discern so it's this constant um the spiritual like is a constant detaching as he presents things for us to discern and attaching to what will give god glory not me glory what will give god glory mm-hmm. of these things presented to me yeah without it, the vine we can't do that
0: no that's right debbie And uh, God's glory cannot abide in us if we have not taken last place. Mm -hmm. So uh, your words are very important. We might think this one thing, this one ministry over here is what God is calling me to do. Mm -hmm. But what if that one thing is actually feeding into the attachment of pleasure or feeding into the attachment of attention, whatever it might Mm be. In the way of perfection, you know, there's a phrase, a jury contra to mm-hmm. act against, to mm-hmm. work against. It's within the, the Ignatian exercises that we find it. Now, what is that? Well, if I struggle with pride, then seek the lowest place. Mm-hmm. If I struggle with the paparazzi culture, mm-hmm. uh, then make sure you stay behind closed doors. You're working against, and in doing so, mm-hmm. in doing so you're allowing the glory of God to remain in you because you are detaching yourself from that one thing that you're attached to. And when you do that, then you can see better, right, what God wants you to do. And so sometimes the thing that you least expect God wanting you to do is actually the very thing that God uh, wants you to do. And here's the thing, Debbie, what is the pruning knife? Mm -hmm. What are God's pruning shears but the cross? Mm -hmm. To live is to choose, and to choose is to deny self. So we have to appreciate the way in which the cross itself uh, becomes this kind of pruning knife, because when the life that comes from the cross abides within us, that is when we are producing the most fruit. Uh, That is when, essentially, we will be doing the will of God. And this is essential to this particular metaphor, because in the end, if we don't associate Uh, pruning with the cross, then we're not going to be seeing this for what it is. Especially, we must remember, Debbie, this comes to us from the Gospel of John. John soars. He's a theologian. We don't have time to get into this now, but he is intending for us to see that this is about the cross. He is intending for us to see that this is the way of sacrifice. And uh, why? Because it's about holiness. Mm -hmm. It's about holiness. You talk about detachment. Well, again, what does the word holiness mean? But to be set apart, detached from the world. You're in the world, but not of the world, as we say so often. And so the pruning is the detaching. This is what God desires. You know, Debbie, uh, Leonardo da Vinci once said that sculpture is the art of removing. Now, I want a listening audience to think about this for a second. Sculpture is the art of removing. Often when you think about art is, you know, you create something out of nothing by Mm -hmm. adding. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, in most cases, that's what it is. But in the case of sculpture, it's actually the art of removing, as Leonardo da Vinci says. Now, well, why am I talking about this? Well, I think it was one Michelangelo who, when walking along an avenue, looked over at one big slab of marble, saw it very dirty, saw leaves over it, And uh, he turns to his friends, he sees the slab of marble, and he says to to his friends, I see an angel imprisoned in that slab of marble. I must set him free. (laughs) So he grabs the armor of his chisel, and he begins to essentially let this quote-unquote angel free. And as the story goes, he he sculpted quite an angel, right? He had in his mind, he had in his mind something beautiful. That was yet unseen. In God's mind, as we are created in the image and likeness of God, He has a vision for us. And when we allow God to chisel away at us, something beautiful emerges from all of of the fragments, from all of, of, of that which belongs to what needed to be chiseled away. And whatever that is, we need to allow Him to do again in the world of detachment. But there's something hidden that God desires to be seen, and there's always more room to grow. There's always uh, more to let go of. It never stops. This never. is the, this is the wonder and the beauty that belongs to our Christian Catholic life. You know, again, mystery, the inexhaustible reality of God. We can always go deeper. You know, Debbie, God looks at us, and what He sees are shapeless blocks of stone, and then He says to Himself, "What." Therein is hidden a new and beautiful creature that awaits to come out into the light. We just need to receive this light and allow all of those attachments to just kind of slough off that we might be seen for the person that God called us to be.
1: You know, it's the old adage, less is more. Yes. And he yes. is, um, you know, I don't know about in you folks' lives, but he is continuing to repeat, simplify, simplify. Yes. Less is more in the spiritual life. You know, we don't have to do a bunch of stuff. I I, I just keep thinking, as you were speaking about, um, you know, detaching and seeing things hidden, I just thought of little Therese hidden away in her little convent. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. look at the beautiful piece of artwork her soul became cloistered away from the world. Yeah. Cloistered away from the world. And if God is faithful to do that in her, He's faithful to do that in us as we open our hearts up to his pruning knife and open to his divine life, his sacraments, all these things. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about what it means to abide. What tools do we have to abide? We have Mm -hmm. many. We Mm -hmm. aren't alone, folks. Yeah,
0: that's right. never
1: leaves us alone.
0: Yeah, and so it really does raise the question, how do you abide? Well, I spoke to it in opening for a reason, first and foremost through prayer and the sacramental life Mm -hmm. of the Church, and we also have, you just mentioned St. Trez of Lisieux, we have saints. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to admit, I probably don't talk about the saints enough. Well, you say, Joe, but you talk about them every Tuesday for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I do, but I feel like there's so many more saints to talk about and how they show us uh, how to do it. You know, I mean, the remaining, the abiding, uh, the the Greek and the Hebrew there is this kind of steadfast perseverance. It's James Mm -hmm. 1, 4, you know, Mm -hmm. persevere, be patient, uh, struggle, remain in me. Uh, Really what's going on there in the original text is this, we catch a first glance, Debbie, of our beloved Mm -hmm. and eyes lock, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing that can, can stop those two from coming together. So many stories are told about well, when we first met our spouses, so on and so forth. Well, that initial romance, mm-hmm. it fades. Mm-hmm. It fades. It does. And uh, Benedict Sixteenth and Jesus of Nazareth talks about this beautifully. There are all sorts of vicissitudes of life, and it's just this ebb and flow, peak and valley, and we have to abide in Christ, be drawing from uh, His source his sustenance, if we are going to be able to persevere. Yeah. I mean, this is, in many ways, Debbie, uh, not to go too far into theology of the body, but this is what theology of the body is about, because when you look at eros and agape, and this is what uh, Benedict XVI gets into in God is love, eros and agape, eros being that human erotic love and agape being that divine sacrificial love, what you have are two... Uh, forms of love that actually belong to God, mm. right? That eros mm-hmm. is not something reduced to what is just in today's society pornographic. No, in fact, the sexual urge was given to us as a gift. Why? Well, it orients us towards other, and it allows that more authentic love to develop. Well, what is that more authentic love? That more authentic love is agape, mm-hmm. divine sacrificial love. What He teaches us on the cross. As John Paul II speaks to it in Love and Responsibility, agape is eros's finished form, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. As eros orients us towards other, it does so because it teaches us the deeper language of love. It points us to what love is all about. And so, again, uh, we bring this subject matter into the abiding and the remaining because if love is reduced to just that initial Mm -hmm. glance, Mm -hmm. well, that's not love. Mm -mm. And that relationship will not remain. And Jesus teaches us on the cross uh, the means by which we learn how it will remain, and that is sacrifice. And so uh, when we talk about what does it take to remain? Mm -hmm. Yes, prayer, sacramental life. Mm -hmm. uh, But as I was just speaking to it, Debbie, to live is to choose, and to, and to choose, and the Christian journey is to deny self, right? which means we need to allow those very concrete moments of our day, especially as they relate to the ways in which we are called to love, to penetrate us, mm-hmm. uh, that those moments are there for a reason. Our Lord, Debbie, is, is all providential. He's sovereign, and He wants us to see how each and every moment— is pregnant with eternal significance and how there's divine life, how there's this mm-hmm. sacramental quality to each and every moment. And when we offer it to God, a phrase that I hear it so loosely far too often, You, know, I just offered it up. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to offer it up? Are you actually taking this thing, this moment, this encounter and giving it to God in mind and heart? That's a very powerful thing to do. Are we doing that? Because if we are, we will not only strengthen our relationships and help strengthen that abiding and remaining, but go deeper in our relationship with Jesus Christ, which again speaks to what's at the heart of this gospel.
1: I love that. Thank you so much for saying that. It's the every moment. Everything I read about abiding was, it's in the moment. It's in every moment. And so quickly we can be out of... Of the remaining. It mm-hmm. can happen so quickly. Yeah. And then yeah. we don't know. And then we're we're starting to wither. That happens so quickly. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, and then I just, you know, you start to lose strength. I prune the end off. Mm-hmm. I prune you a little bit. I yes. prune you a little bit. And so you're back to, oh, oh, Lord. Yes. Let me offer that moment up. It beautifully said. Mm. Offer it up. It, it, it sounds so glib, but it has so much power behind it in remaining in the vine, in remaining in divine life, in remaining in the spiritual life of Christ.
0: Yeah, and it's to remember, again, we speak of holiness as something that belongs to what is set apart, set apart from what? Again, the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we are set apart in Christ. The word sacrifice, uh, sacrum fitse, literally means to make holy. So all of those little sacrifices mm-hmm. that are before us are opportunities mm-hmm. for us. That we might become more holy in Christ. You know, when you see someone, Debbie, and there is just a glow, and I'm not, I don't wanna over spiritualize this, but there are certain people who just have this joy, Mm -hmm. have this glow. Does it happen by just waking up one morning? Hmm. No, it's a process Mm -hmm. because love is a process. Love is, again, willing the good of the other and entering deeper into what it means to be oriented towards other. Mm -hmm. It's just not the, the physical right the eros it's so much more and we have to enter into uh, the ways in which god is speaking to us so as to remain in him Mm -hmm. and it does come back debbie to the being ready Mm -hmm. the being disposed to receive his pruning Mm
1: -hmm. and to
0: understand that you want to know what he's pruning me because he knows it's necessary absolutely it's hard it's difficult it stinks (laughs) right It stinks. Let's be real sometimes. But what we discover on the other side of it is a joy, Mm -hmm. a joy that certainly is worth
1: living for. And a nice little piece of humility.
0: Oh, amen. (laughs) Yeah, how can we talk about pruning all this time and not talk about humility? (laughs) Well, I don't know, Debbie, if you have any closing thoughts. I think we're out of time here.
1: I just thought, go to Philippians 4, 4 through 9, and read what the Lord has in a message for us there. Mm. i think there's just that's kind of his recipe for joy mm. read that this mm. week and take it to lexio divina with you
0: amen amen well with that debbie will go ahead and close with a word of prayer in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen all glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and never shall be world without end amen and god bless you